Welcome to the East Bay's best podcast, The Capstone Conversation. This is a show that interviews political, government, and community leaders in Alameda, Contra Costa, and Solano counties. We look at what is going on in your city, how are we developing things economically, and where are we going from here? I'm your host, Jared Ash. I'm your host, Jared Ash, and today we're going to take a look at a startup here in the East Bay, a women-owned tech business that is growing rapidly, but they are a mission-driven organization. We're going to hear how they're impacting and partnering with schools and changing the way we do workforce development here in the East Bay. So I am joined today by Gina Del Carlo with Earn and Learn. Gina, tell us your background before you introduced your company. Okay, happy to. So I'm local. I was born in San Francisco in the Mission District, and my parents and grandparents were community organizers. And I grew up in Concord and went to Concord High School. So I'm here local, raised my children in Contra Costa County. And after high school, I went to Sacramento State and then graduated from New College of California. Thought I really wanted to work for an elected official and began working at the state capitol for assembly member Robert Kimball. And then I think that was a dose of reality and it was a tough lifestyle. And it was a lot of evenings that was not really for me at the time. So I got my teaching credential and became a teacher. And I taught at Charter School of Unlimited Learning in Fresno. And I taught students who had felony convictions. After that, I realized the cost of daycare was the same as my salary for my children. So I actually opened up a daycare and I raised a batch of babies until they all went to kindergarten. And then once they went to kindergarten, I started working for the Workforce Development Board of Contra Costa County, overseeing their summer youth internship program. And from there, I just really loved it. I felt like it was a combination of all the things I was passionate about. It was policy work. It was really serving my community um, with supporting most marginalized people with helping them with education and job training. And I worked there for seven years, worked my way up to the youth program policy and program manager who oversaw funding from the Department of Labor to help with educational attainment, job readiness, and placement for young people who are most marginalized, so foster youth, homeless youth like that. Wow, that's an interesting story, right? Versus when we're talking to a political leader, how you just have a well-rounded background, right? There wasn't like a straight trajectory into what you're doing. And there's life skills that prepared you to be a CEO and founder, but it wasn't like you went to school for that, right? You started with a mission-driven purpose of community service and, and getting engaged and had taken an interesting career path to get to where you're at. But it has prepared you all the same, because it's given you that experience to do what you learn. So tell us a little bit about Earn and Learn and what the organization is doing. 
So while I was working at the Workforce Development Board, that funding stream is through the Department of Labor, Labor, and it's through a it's for a very specific subset of youth, and they have adult programs and other programs. But the one I was working on was for youth who needed to qualify for services, and we really thought that these services were needed for all youth, and that every student deserved the support with educational attainment, with career exposure readiness, and work-based learning. So work-based learning is everything from a guest speaker, a field trip, to an internship, apprenticeship, and then hopefully a job that they've chosen because they had the opportunity to explore and then felt passionate about something. So we wanted to, and it was a group of people who were working on this together. It was born out of the Workforce Development Board of Contra Costa County in partnership with the Contra Costa County Office of Education and the Contra Costa Economic Partnership. So we all came together and thought, this is a problem. How can we solve it? And we started just piloting some ideas. And it was very grassroots with the goal of expanding work-based learning. And we knew in order to do that, we needed to coordinate ourselves to make it easy for employers to say yes so that they would do more. So we weren't fighting over the limited amounts of opportunities, but that we were increasing them so that everyone could have work-based learning. That's what inspired the idea. You saw a need for experienced learning. Tell us more about what does Earn and Learn do as a company? Talk about your clients and some of the people you're helping in there. So at the Workforce Development Board, when we started piloting solutions, we quickly realized that we needed to use technology to scale work-based learning and to count and capture everything that was happening so that employers were just able to say, yes, I will do that. And then all of the educators and workforce development professionals on the other side were coordinated and we could fulfill that. So we built a platform that now we call ELENA, and that stands for Earn and Learn Employer Network Activated. It's a CRM built on top of Salesforce. So it easily allows employers to offer work-based learning at scale. And then we match that to students and teachers and community colleges who are able to connect with them using technology. And then we track it and measure it and give impact reports out. So give us an example of what you're measuring for an employer. So just last week, we coordinated and facilitated with some of our partners Manufacturing Day in Contra Costa County. And the reason we stepped into that role of doing the facilitation and coordination was we saw that some schools were included in Manufacturing Day and able to participate and others were unable. So we tried to remove the barriers that made it difficult for some schools to attend Manufacturing Day. Some of those barriers are buses, lunch, um, even forms, substitute teachers, the coordination with the employer. All of those things are difficult for some districts or high schools that are um, just meeting basic needs of their students and not able to offer field trips. There's many barriers to why they can't do that. So we stepped in and we coordinate with the employers. So that day, 
we had nine different manufacturing companies in Contra Costa that hosted 400 students. So we took the students on these field trips. I was a chaperone at Bishop Weiss Carver for Richmond High, Monte Vista, and Ignacio Valley High School. And so those students had a tour of Bishop Weiss Carver, and then we took them to the community college to tour the pathway or program that aligned with that um, job. So we do things like that all of the time. I, this fall, we have seven events that we coordinate and facilitate with the goal of increasing work-based learning so that everyone can have it. And we know it can't be solved with just technology, that it also needs to be solved with services. And sometimes a school doesn't have a staff person to be able to take this on. So we're able to step in and do this. So we're funded by schools the Contra Costa County Office of Education, so many county offices of education. But in the beginning, this was just a Contra Costa County initiative. And the reason it left the Workforce Development Board and was incubated at the Contra Costa Economic Partnership was so that we could serve um, communities outside of Contra Costa County. So we expanded to Alameda County that first year. So we needed to become an independent organization so that we could serve all of California. And you're working with how many school districts now on this? So we're working with, I think I need to count. I will say we're working with 28 community colleges. Districts, I would really need to get you that info, but because of county office. Are we talking 23, 203? Oh, ballpark. I'm going to say 100. So it's gone from a program over a period of how long did you start in Contra Costa County with the schools? In 2019. 2019. So over about four years, including two years in the pandemic, you've gone from starting with the local schools to expanding into over 100 school districts. Yes. And we are... And 20-something community colleges. Yeah, 20. Yeah, actually more, more than that now. We're prob- we'll probably be at 40 at the end of um, November. So we're expanding into Orange County. We have expanded into the north, far north. So all over California. And we are talking to partners in Texas right now. So we're really excited about getting these tools, products, and services into the hands of everybody that needs them when they have barriers to making work-based learning happen for all students. What, uh, as you expand, what are some of your biggest challenges as a company? I would say one challenge is it's difficult to have people who are unfamiliar with technology use technology. Are you talking the students or the school administrators? Or I'm, Yeah, I'm talking about school work-based learning coordinators, teachers, work-based learning staff on community college campuses. Everyone's kind of doing it in different ways. Many are using Excel spreadsheets. And so it's difficult to make that transition to using a shared technology platform issue that we think about a lot is that people are naturally territorial over their relationships that they've built with employers. And sometimes we think with a scarcity mindset, like if I share that 
lead at Tesla with another school, there's not going to be enough for me. Like they'll stop doing things with me and they'll just start working with that school. So I would say that's something we always try and build trust first and say, employ again, employers are willing to do more if we make it easy for them and they see the return on their investment. So if we're counting and capturing what they're doing and giving that information back to them and streamlining their engagement, there is enough for everyone. So along the measuring and ROI for an employer, what's the benefit to an employer? What are they looking at for their return for their time and participating? I think it's really about building local talent pipelines. They want to hire from their communities. They want the people that work for them to stay in their communities. They want people to know about their companies. Bishop Weiss Carver was a great example. It's advanced manufacturing where they're actually making things here in California. It's a homegrown, woman-owned company where they're making things. The students have never, some of these students have never been inside an advanced manufacturing company. So they have no idea what to expect. And you can see their faces like a light bulb goes off. And I heard the students asking the owner of the company, what do I have to do to work here? I want to work here. But they didn't even know about that company or that job before. So then when we take them to the community college to tour that program, it might be just a short-term industry-recognized certificate. It might be that you do you go right into a job training program. Or it might be that you need to go to a four-year college. There's all different paths for careers in these um, companies. So for a company, it's the exposure, it's marketing, it's outreach, And we're also after the data and trying to capture that longitudinal data. Like we brought all of these students onto your your business. We brought them to your business and did your job description, your, your job applications go up because of that. I think if we can prove that they're getting interest in these careers because of this, these work-based learning opportunities. Employers, that's the return on investment. They're getting really great employees. That's interesting. I was at an event the other day at Autodesk and it's a company a lot of us know. They're involved in so many things. But as an example, it's hard for a kid to say, I want to grow up and work at Autodesk or Oracle Cisco, right? Those are companies that are involved in everything, but we don't necessarily know what they do, but they are involved in everything. So it's so important to get the people there and get a perspective. You can and say, right, oh, I want to do light manufacturing or industrial this. Schools tend to teach basic jobs, lawyers, doctors, engineer, which engineer is a pretty broad field, but it's limited. And so to get the perspective of what some of these big companies, medium companies here in the Bay Area do, I think that's a really good benefit of the program. Yes. And many students have no idea about the possibilities of what they could be or what the steps are that are needed to get that type of career. A lot of times when we're in high high schools, and I know when I was in high school, it was you go to college. That's just what you do. Right. I didn't know about apprenticeships and I didn't know about job training programs that were hands on that maybe would have been a better fit for me. 
I wasn't exposed to that. So I didn't know. So we're all about providing all of the choices and paths so that students can choose what brings you joy. And many students don't have certain career exposure to certain careers in their own networks. We know that networked people get more opportunities. And so if you do not have that network, how would you even know? So we're trying to bring our networks to everyone, to every student, because they all deserve it. They all deserve work-based learning. Well, I'm looking at my fourth grade daughter, her career day, and I'm excited for her to go through it, but it's all it's all professions with one word, right? Attorney, doctor, teacher, right? It's um, it's hard to get into some of those more complex, right? Like your job even, hard to necessarily explain, oh, I do workforce and data collection and partner schools, right? It, it's how do you break it down and expose them to this? And I, I love that concept of, of what you guys are doing and, and really opening people's eyes to the possibilities out there. And we're seeing a trend with employers where they aren't requiring a four-year degree anymore. Many of them. You see that a lot in tech where that's not always where they're finding their talent. Now you see that with airlines who have a pilot shortage. Many of them are dropping the bachelor degree requirement. And so it's good for people to know that these careers are available to you through a different path. A four-year college isn't the path for all of the careers anymore. Let's talk about you You expand into a new area, whether it's Orange County, which you named before, or you're going up to Sacramento or even a new state. How do you build the employer relationships? So we rely on what we call anchor partners in our region. So in Alameda, for instance, it would be the East Bay Economic Development Alliance. It would be the East Bay Leadership Council. It would be business-facing intermediaries that we partner with, the Workforce Development Board. We would partner with them and do something that we would call like a call to action, where if we're seeing schools in that area that need work-based learning, we would do a customized call to action asking for employers to offer that work-based learning, and then we would be making the connections and that intermediary would get then get a report out on what happened. So I think it's not going into a new region and we're the face. We don't need to be the face. We can be the back end, but partnering with everyone who's doing this type of work and just adding some solutions, products, and services that could make it simpler for them, streamline it, and also capture what's happening. We need baseline data of who's getting work-based learning and who's not. It's very important. And there isn't a way that people are capturing that shared among regions. And that's usually it's living on someone's desktop in a spreadsheet. And when that person leaves their job, the new person comes in and has to start all over. That's a in, in government workforce development agencies, water or sewer agencies. That particularly is a a big problem. I think in water industry, the average age of somebody is sixty nine and white, and still uses paper. So they're not even up to Excel or Google Docs or anything. So to 
So when you bring in a new younger engineer, they're like, I don't even have some tools here to do things, right? So it's good to bring in data to talk about the data share that, that you're doing. What are some of the benefits of that data share that you're talking about? I would say if we want to bring in diversified like funding for our communities, like grants, that they require data and they want to see that we're increasing certain elements like work-based learning, work experience, and we have no way to show that we actually are increasing it if we don't have the technology tool to track it. I would also say that it makes employer engagement, changes the way we do employer engagement. I can log into our platform, Elena, and I become part of a team, an account management team, because we know that everyone's talking to Kaiser. And Kaiser may or may not want to talk to 50 different teachers. So this allows us to coordinate, we call it an account management team, and to share what we're doing, how Kaiser wants to engage, who our points of contact are at Kaiser, which is really valuable to Kaiser, and then come up with a, a plan, like maybe even a quarterly plan or a yearly plan of what's happening. And then we can tell Kaiser what they did in the community with all of the schools. And I think it's a great opportunity to have that conversation with employers to say, you're really doing a great job with sending guest speakers to this community. But we see that this community isn't getting guest speakers. Can we help facilitate that connection for you? And they always say yes. Right, because you have the data to say where you're lacking and where you're strong and you're saving them time along the way. I want to pivot a little bit and talk about the startup of your business, which you had alluded to in the beginning. You came out of the workforce board, but you were sort of incubated in a nonprofit. Talk about that a little bit more and your experience within that. First, so there was a decision that needed to be made when Alameda County and Monterey wanted to use the tools that Contra Costa County was using. They wanted to use the technology platform. They wanted to use the services. That would have been impossible for me to be able to scale this if I was a Contra Costa County employee. So... Luckily, I had a boss who was really forward thinking and innovative and had a board member at the time, Kristen Connolly, who saw potential in this and said, Kristen volunteered with the East Bay Leadership Council Contra Costa Economic Partnership. She said, we can host you as a nonprofit. We can be your fiscal agent. We can incubate this idea to see if it has legs and to see if it works. At the time, I was a, you know, permanent county employee with great benefits and job security. <laughs> so I really had to think deeply about making that leap. We didn't have a lot of security. It was a startup. I know the statistics about women, when women in tech and founders, female founders, and how VCs invest in them and how they, how many fail. And so I was concerned, but also felt like, wow, this could really be something. And if I don't take a shot at this, I'm going to regret it. So the Contra Costa Economic Partnership put out a job description and opened up the position of director of Earn and Learn. And I applied 
and interviewed, and I was successful in getting that position. And we were growing exponentially. So luckily, our hosts were so good to us. But then it was time for us to go out on our own and to become a woman-owned public benefit corporation for lots of reasons and to attract different types of funding than nonprofits attract. And so we did that. And now we have five full-time employees and we're a standalone public benefit corporation. Is your expansion then happening via signing new deals, therefore you're making new revenue and you can hire new employees? Or are you receiving venture capital? So right now we are employee owned. So all of the employees earn shares. We have not received any venture capital. We are just revenue generating. And because you had mentioned it, I grabbed a stat. Morningstar says women founders get 2% of the venture capital funding in the U.S. Women in tech get less than half of a percent. So a a quarter of those women-led businesses are actually in tech. And that's as of March of 2023. Yes. So, So what's your message to other women entrepreneurs who may be listening to this? What chance do they have? What's the risk? What guidance do you have to say, do this? Yeah, I would say do it anyway. Stick with it. Also connect with other women entrepreneurs that are out there and become so great that you can't be ignored. Our product and our services make such an impact in the community that we're able to really capture and measure that I just have faith that it's going to work out. Is it going to be harder? Are we included in those circles? No. But I think at some point we're not going to be able to be ignored. And it just work hard, keep your head down, stay humble, and do good work. If you do good work and you care and you're deeply passionate about the work you do, I just believe it'll work out. And uh, a shout out to Judy Lloyd, the CEO of the Danville Chamber. I know they talk about creating a women's mentorship program locally, right? So if somebody's going to open up a, whether it's a wine bar, a clothing boutique, or a hair salon, they partner with somebody who's been in business for 10, 20 years and volunteers their time and says, all right, these are some things I learned, sort of creating that mentorship, senior consultant thing that How do you create a first budget when you don't have one? How do you create your budget when you're growing astronomically and look for creating mentors to help you, right? I think that's a good takeaway from what you're saying. Exactly. We've had, I've had, and my team has had so many mentors along the way. Haas School of Business, they were the first ones to create a real budget for us because they do that. They seek out companies that are new and maybe run by underrepresented people and they donate time and mentorship. One of the, I think she's the lead faculty there, Nora Silver, she still acts as a mentor to me. I know that if I have a question or a concern, I can call her or Joe Doherty, who is a faculty member at Haas, and they respond to me. They answer the questions they want to help. So I would say find those champions who 
you know, like Kristen Connolly as well. She believed in us and she helped us and she didn't give up on us. So seek those people out. There are people out there that want to help you. If there's ever a woman in my network or someone connects me to a woman who has an idea and wants to know, what do I do next? I am always happy to help. That's great. And I'm the same way too. And you mentioned Kristen Connolly. For the, I think most people listening probably know her, but she used to run the East Bay Leadership. She is now the clerk and recorder of Contra Costa County in elected position. And you were working out of her office for a while. Tell us, how do people learn more about Earn and Learn? Where do they find you? Where do they get more information? Yeah, so we have... A website that I think is the best way is earnlearn.us. We post lots of events like just this fall. We have many events on November 7th. We are facilitating with the Contra Costa County Office of Education and the Contra Costa Community College District, a trades fair at DBC. There's also teachers sign up and bring their classes to that. We're doing an apprenticeship and internship fair. Actually, I think four of those in Alameda County in November. Schools can sign up and bring their classes to these events. And then there are ones at Berkeley City College, ones at Chabot, and ones at Las Positas. We did Ohlone last week. And I would say teachers or anyone who's working with students, you can go to our site, you can sign up for events, you can learn more about us, you can have a demo of our product to see if it's something that could solve problems that you're having. Um, That's probably the best way. Uh, You could follow us on social media. We're pretty active on uh, LinkedIn. We post a lot of our events and opportunities there and we share what our trusted partners are doing as well. So I think that's probably the best way to get in touch with us. Great. I like that method of if you need mentorship, if you need a referral for something, everybody has a network of some level, right? And reach out to them. I'm somebody who always helps connect other people because it's good. I think we met because somebody was said, you guys should just talk. And I loved your message and love what you had to say and inspired by the growth of your company. So any final thoughts before we head out? There's a lot of resources out there, not just earn and learn, but if students, if parents are listening or teachers are listening, I would say encourage your students to do career assessments and quizzes and to see what sparks emerge from that. That's very important to to see what students are interested in and then do more of that, do more of what they're interested in. If they're interested in having a field trip or participating and having their students participate. We have a contract with Contra Costa County Office of Education that covers most of the districts in this region. So reach out to us and we can um, connect you with some of the events and resources that we offer that are already paid for. And it's only been four years, including during COVID, but give us that number again. How many in Contra Costa and Alameda kids have gone through your programs? I am going to pull up our deck. So we are at 13,000 employer partners that are engaging with their with students through our tools. We work with five county offices of education. One county office of education might have 30 school districts underneath it. Each one is different. 
And we are at right under 200,000 students that we were able to facilitate, count, capture work-based learning experiences for in California. That's a great number in such a short period of time and with only five staff. So I appreciate that. Thank you for being here, Gina from Earn and Learn. Go check them out and please hit subscribe so you can continue to hear content. Thank you everybody for listening today. I'd like to thank our sponsors, Capstone Government Affairs and Economic Development, a firm where I serve as managing partner. For more information, check us out at www.capstonegov.com and follow us on LinkedIn by typing in Capstone Government. Check out the show notes and for a full transcript, visit our website, www.capstonegov.com and follow us on LinkedIn by typing in Capstone Government or you can find me, your host, Jared Ash.